0: and welcome into the Intentional Encourage podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Hey, I've got a repeat guest on the Intentional Encourage podcast. He he reminded me before we started recording, we hadn't gotten together to talk in almost two years, but here, here is the thing guys. I, I can't take any credit for this because this guy said, Hey, Brian. I want to be back on your pod. So I'm like, of course, man, cuz the the information in, in his story was so powerful. Go back and check out Mo's original podcast, but we got some new stuff today and I'm excited about that and it's my friend Mo Gaius who joins me. Find him on Facebook at Mo M O E Gaius G H I A S, but you can find him right here right now on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Mo, what's good, man? How you doing?
1: Doing great, Brian. Good to have, good to be here.
0: I, man, I this, oh, is yeah. gonna, this is going to, this is going to be great, man. This is going to be great conversation. Let's start here. We are heading into a season of fall. Okay. As we record this in early September, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting to that point where cooler weather is going to set in here in the, on the East coast, the leaves are going to start to turn. And people are going to find themselves maybe more inward, in where they're going to be, than outward. How do our bodies? Let's let's go here for a second because we're going to do a two part. We're going our first part here is going to be on health and wellness. Then we're going to dive into fat loss in the second one. Now, I'm, I mean, you're like Brian. Why do you want to do that? Because health and wellness and fat loss is encouraging. I've done it. I have. I have dropped, 150 pounds or more. I can tell you it's 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 a life-changing encouragement. But Mo, let's start there. What keeps people from obtaining their peak health and wellness during the fall? It seems like we kind of fall off the wagon. In the summertime, we're outside, active, everything else. In the fall and winter, we start to fall off that wagon. What's the driving factor for people to kind of go backwards instead of keeping going forward?
1: I think, so yeah, there, there are two answers to that. One is, two reasons for that. One is, I would say, psychological. And second is, uh, more physiological. So psychological being that there is not enough incentive to be outside or, or go to pool parties or, you know, take your shirt off, especially in the East coast or the Midwest. So last time we talked, Brian, I was living in San Diego, right? So the weather is almost perfect all year round. Now I'm in Detroit, Michigan here in the Midwest. So we are also getting, starting to get chilly here. The weather is changing. So there's less eh, like uh vanities, um, reason for people to actually, uh, be outside, go out running, go out walking, go to the gym, work out, eat healthy. So I would say that's the psychological side where it's like, there's not enough of a reason for people to do it. Another psychological reason that comes to mind is people's habits. So during the summer or even the winter, I would say like, if you were in the habit of training and if you're in the habit of eating healthy and taking care of yourself, even if it's you know, snowstorms outside, even if things are really bad outside, weather-wise, you'll still want to go. You'll be inclined. You'll be pulled to go exercise. You'll be pulled to take care of your body. Um, so I would say those are, one is the habit. Second is the vanity. And then the physiological side, Brian, and not a lot of people know about this, is Harvard did a study a while back where they realized people in the East Coast and the Midwest, they are heavily vitamin D deficient. So we get vitamin D from the sun or you can supplement with it, right? And vitamin D, it is very crucial for a lot of the pathways in our body. So like if you, like, have you ever heard the term winter blues?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Uh, winter blues. Yeah.
1: Winter blues. Right. So it's like when it's snowing outside, it's just cold and depressive outside. People often on the inside, they start feeling down. They're not as energetic. That's generally due to a vitamin D deficiency. And they've done studies where they realized that even when it's sunny outside and you have people in the East coast and Midwest, they go for a walk in the sun. They are so layered up with two jackets or like the sun can't even get to their skin. So they still stay vitamin D deficient, right? So that's why I like supplementing with vitamin D is crucial, especially if you live in colder environments. So I would say like to stay in shape meanwhile while in the winter first, make sure you have some kind of a habit and a routine going, and then you supplement vitamin D to make sure you're not physiologically, you're not behind because if you're deficient in vitamin D, you're, you get in this, your mood suffers, your energy levels suffer, and it just doesn't lead to anything good. Um, so I would say those are the two biggest things.
0: You, you know, something, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to get political at all here, but, yeah. but, but here's the thing we didn't do when, and, and I've, I've said this Mo we're going to look back at how we handled the coronavirus, And there are going to be a lot of things that we're going to say, we're never doing those things again. And one of them to your point was we were telling people to go inside when we really needed to be outside for that vitamin D to get into our skin and things like that. And you have a lot of people that would say, well, but the the sun is harmful to your body. The sun is, is, you know, the, the rays and the skin cancer and things like that. But we're doing ourselves such a disservice a lot of times by not doing the things that that mankind have always done. We've always been external creatures instead of being internal creatures. Why do you think that people are, are so, are so reticent to get outside more? Is it vanity metrics? Is it, is it those things? Or are, are we, have we just kind of flipped that script and and said internally, well, too much sun can be a bad thing. Too much of anything can be a bad thing, but we really need those vitamin D properties that only the sun can bring to us. Right? hundred percent. And, and, and there's, there were a bunch of studies actually that were done that
1: were, um, a lot of people that passed away from COVID-19 as their primary diagnosis were vitamin D deficient. So vitamin D and coronavirus, there was a, there was a, I don't want to say a very direct correlation, but there was a very clear correlation between the two. Um, So it's, yeah. And and there's 40% of our population is vitamin D deficient. So imagine that 40%, that means out of 10 people, four people are vitamin D deficient. And a lot of the time we don't even take that into account, right? We've forgotten what it's like to be primal, like what we were built for. Right. Like if you take a uh, Apple computer and you try to run a Windows operating system on it, you'll probably have some issues. Right. Same thing with human beings who are made to run outside, to chase things, to be physical, to lift things. Right. And now, and this is not a single person's fault, it's just the way society was headed. Now, a lot of our jobs are on laptops. We yeah. are well connected. You, like you were in Virginia, correct? Yeah. West Virginia. Yeah. Virginia, I'm in Detroit, right? So it's like a lot of the time we have all these benefits, but there's also downsides. So that's why like a lot of my clients that I work with, I we make a point for them to go for a walk for 30 minutes or an hour a day and then work out. And, and you gotta find ways to keep your body strong. And the only way to keep it strong is to keep it moving, keep it doing things that it wants to do. Um, and I think a lot of people don't do that very much. They They work from home. Like one of my neighbors, for example, He's an engineer, works from home from, you know, 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. And then he plays video games in the evenings uh, on his double monitor screens. So he's like, I've never seen him go on a walk. I've never seen him work out. And he's obese at the age of 31, 32.
0: hey everybody brian sexton prices are going up by the day we've got to find ways to increase our household revenue now a couple ways you could do that is one you could go and ask your boss for a raise but if that doesn't work Well, so. listen. He's running for like 300 yards a game on Madden, you know. So, yeah, I mean, he he he'll create. You know, you can create these characters, you know, and 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 do. But, but Mo, you're exactly right. Is, and I'm sitting here thinking about myself. Maybe, like I said, I told you before we started c- recording. Maybe the Lord sent you back in, in into my life to remind me some of these things because, here's the thing. You said something a minute ago that was really powerful we have forgotten how to be primal you know we we want to be so sophisticated with the pelotons and and all this other stuff that really our bodies do better when we're outside exercising and moving in nature why do you think that we why do you think we is it is it just hardwired from god in our dnas to to do Uh, things that way it's
1: thousands and thousands of years of human evolution. It's what our ancestors used to do. And, and a lot of the time it's like when we, even when you lift weights, right? Like when you're lifting iron at the gym or when you're mowing your own lawn, there is that difficulty aspect to it. You're probably sweating. You're it's hard, right? But that hard is what makes you human. It builds you, it builds your muscles. It creates a cascade of events that makes your body grow, right? Versus when you're constantly sitting down. Your body's like, I don't think I was built for this, so let me just keep eating more, eating more, eating more, and keep getting fat and fat and fat. Then you have a lot of other medical problems that show up. So it's it's thousands of years of human evolution, you know, it's, it's what nature made us for. Um, and and you still see right, like a lot of people. There's a, I would say, like right now, a lot of people, despite our increasingly obese obesity rate, there's still have a lot of people who are in great shape. And those people are dealt the same cards that the rest of us are dealt, but they make an active effort. They build habits to where they can actually change things. Um, They can actually they wake up early. They go work out if they can't find time in the evening. So they, if you can make a point to remind yourself, like, hey, this is for my body, um, because you know our body is 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 the vehicle that we have uh, for the rest of our lives. So it's it's what makes us us. Like one of my favorite quotes is meditation versus movement and and the quote goes uh stillness is the medicine for the brain and movement is the medicine for the body so when we move it's good for the body it's it's the medicine for it right and when we're still when we meditate in the morning it slows our brain down it slows down the neurochemistry to calm you down so then you're less reactive in the world these are like Brian. these are hacks right to be a better human let's say you're a father of three kids and you wake up in the morning and the kids are crying and it's just loud in the house and you just your life is constant go 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 your like cortisol levels are through the roof and you're just stressed to the max you go to your job and your boss is putting deadlines upon deadlines on you you need time to be still to be alone and to calm your brain and then the best time to do that is also uh, when you work out when you go to the gym to take care of yourself because so many things are are wanting you and your attention, and your energy. When do you take the time to actually build that, to actually pour energy in? And I think a lot of people don't even think about that.
0: Well, Mo, you were talking about hacks a minute ago. And I see so many things out there that people will say, well, if you do this one or two hacks, you can shred. We were talking about that before we started recording, right? Where it's like the high school wrestler or the college wrestler that has to cut weight before they go into this meet. And they're, they're in the, you know, you, you, it, I saw guys all the time when, when I was in high school in college that were wrestling and they were wearing four or five layers of clothes. And then they were just, they were like, like, what are you eating for lunch? I got a celery stick that I'm eating for lunch and they're just trying to cut weight and things like that. And I see all this stuff, Mo and I'm sure you do too people are trying to hack their way into better health when the hack is really just doing the simple things, right? What is something, what's the biggest misconception hack that people have about health and wellness?
1: There's so many. Um, if, if
0: I, the- I mean, did I, did I phrase that question correctly? I hope I did.
1: I think you did. I think you're onto something there because there's so many... Everybody thinks they're an expert in health and fitness, and yet we have over 40% of our population that's obese, right? So the truth is there's so many hacks. I think one of the most used ones is low carb diets or ketogenic diet, or, you know, all these diets that are out there and people utilize these things. They use these tools to drop weight quickly, but they don't understand why they're doing it. And what that does is it gives them short-term results. And when you do things that are short-term, they give you short-term results and short-term results don't last. And you go back to square one where you started. So there are so many, like, I think one of my biggest problem with these hacks a lot of the time is people give you what worked for them, but they don't tell you why they actually did it, you know? So like ketogenic diet was popularized back, you know, a hundred years ago for epileptic patients because it was good for the uh, people with brain disorders. Yeah that over time became a normal thing for Americans to be like, yeah, I'm going to start doing keto to lose fat quickly. And you do, but you also lose a lot of muscle too, because then you don't have as much energy to do, do strength training. And it just also leads to other deficiencies. Right. So it's like a lot of people don't look at the bigger picture, the quick, like when it comes to your health, think long-term, just like when you look at your finances, think long-term, um, making money is easy. Keeping money is hard, right? Just like losing fat is easy. Keeping it off is hard. So it's like, hey, why don't you pick a vehicle where you can actually sustainably keep it off or sustainably keep your health in order? And 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 you're right, Brian, it's not just one pill or one tactic. It is small things that you do throughout the day. And if you do them, they'll become second nature to you like yesterday i went to a family gathering we had a big dinner in our family and after we ate everybody sat down and you know they were just literally after eating all that food everybody just sat down i looked at my cousin i was like hey let's go for a walk went for a walk and then i realized three other uh couples joined us and like they were also walking so the point being is like that to me was just a second nature it was yeah. just I love going on walks. Like even when I'm like just sitting down at house only, let's go for a walk,
0: right? Well, Mo, here's the thing that I will say to you is, you know, when I had weight loss surgery 13 and a half years ago, I tell people, it's like, boy, you really changed yourself. Yeah, I did. And I've kept, you know, about 75 pounds of that 160. I've kept it off. But Mo, here's the thing. I wish that I had developed the discipline. This is what I tell people. I say, you don't want to ever get in a position to where you have to do something that forces discipline. You, you don't want to get there because, and I'll be very transparent with you and, and the listeners. If I get to the point in my body where when I get old, people that get older, they develop what's called dysphagia. The, the muscles in their throat begin to weaken and it affects their swallowing. And so, when they're in a, in a facility that need that they have to have assistance, you have three different types of liquids. You have, and and I, I remember a couple of them, but they're but they're they're different. They've got thickeners in them, and it helps them to be able to swallow. When you can't swallow on your own anymore, you have to have a feeding tube. With the surgery that I had 13 thirteen and a half years ago, I can't be tube fed. So I'm going to starve to death. Essentially, I'm going to starve to death when my swallowing muscles quit working, I'm just going to starve to death because I can't do a feeding tube like somebody else does. And, and and you're like, well, Brian, you know, what about the weight things? Yeah. Okay. But I made the choice, man. I, I altered my body in that way. And I think you're onto something there. Let me go here for just a second. When you talk about when it comes to your health, it's long-term. When you work with folks, what about that mindset of thinking long-term? What's the one thing you have to change pretty quickly about the way they're thinking? A lot of the time, people
1: want to lose fat for a destination, something coming up. They want, they're going to Hawaii in six months. They're getting married in nine months or something like that. One of the best questions that I love asking that helps them think long-term is like, okay, what's after that? Do you want to wake up the day after you get married and be like, yeah, I'm just going to go back to my old ways, old habits and be fat again. Or I'm in Hawaii, F it. I'll just go back to my old habits, old routines. Like all that work will be for nothing because you'll just literally all the fat that you lost, you'll gain it all back, right? So a lot of the time I tell them, ask them that, and I let them sit on it. And I'm like, what's after that? And what's after that, right? And then eventually it comes down to the point where it's like, hey, I wanna be around for my grandkids or I want to be that healthy person at 75 that's out there running and running 10K or 5K mile or whatever right? I want to be able to have functional strength, to be able to lift things and not hurt my back every time, right? So it becomes that long-term thing. So every time they go to the gym, it's not like they're looking at the workout. They're like, oh my God, Mo's having me do this. They're like, no, actually I'm building my body. So when I later need it to move that couch in the house or to help that, you know, my grandpa move out, I'll be strong enough to handle anything. So the best question to ask yourself when you start thinking short-term is what's after that? Right?
0: Yeah, 100%. And I, Mo, I don't think a lot of us look beyond tomorrow, right? We're we're, we're not conditioned very well in our society to think down the road. You know, you you were talking about that trip to Hawaii or that thing like that. It's like, okay, how much time did you spend planning that trip? As much time as you spent planning that trip, but you wanna short circuit the process that your body has to go through because here's the thing that your body has to go through some steps to start to change itself. I remember having, after having surgery, my doctor was like, you're not eating anything solid for about three, four weeks. So I, I drank soup for like the first week. It was all liquid by I think the second or third week. I was like eating really soft stuff like baby food, mashed potatoes and, applesauce. The first time I tried to eat broccoli, man, it was a disaster just because my, my stomach, my new stomach, so to speak, wasn't ready for it. But you're right, Mo. I had to inhale protein and I had to create new habits because I was rebuilding my, my, I was rebuilding from the inside out. When people think about new habits, okay, you, you've mentioned habits for for throughout this conversation if you've talked about habits once i've heard you mention it 10 times why is it hard for people to start a health and wellness habit journey it's it feels like it's easy for us to pick up our phones like we get a new phone and we're all constantly on our phone it seems to be harder to start a health and wellness journey why is that couple of reasons i think i think one of the biggest ones is if
1: you can get i think one of the best things you can do for your children is to get them involved in sports at an early age because i often find that athletes whoever played sports at any point in their life have an easier time getting back into it than people that never had any you know supports sports or athletic background
0: Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. Want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more, or call them directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell them you heard it on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage Podcast.
1: But the biggest reason I think it's hard is because it is hard, Brian it's so much easier to just open up Instagram and get that quick dopamine hit or open up Facebook and, and you know get post a picture and get a bunch of likes. That stuff is easy, right? But that's why we feel so unfulfilled. Like in a society where boredom does not exist, like we have literally eradicated boredom because we have like billions of videos on YouTube we can watch for entertainment, Netflix, Amazon Prime, 90,000 different TV channels, right? We've eradicated boredom and yet depression rates are at their highest anxiety, depression, all these medications being prescribed are at their highest I've ever been, right? So when you look at that, you're like, okay, like as a society, we need to rewire our dopamine driven brains. So when you go exercise, it's hard. The first few times you're out of shape, right? You have to earn that good feeling. And I think that was one thing our ancestors did really well is they would wake up and they would go farming or they would go do things outside and for example, Brian, I went to Costa Rica a few months ago, and I uh, was talking to a lot of the farmers there that plant, um, pineapples. So when they plant a pineapple, Brian, they literally let it sit that they don't touch that field for 18 months and then the pineapple grows. So imagine starting something like we're talking about your podcast, not just starting something and just doing it and doing the work. And for 18 months, not even getting any result back really. Yeah. Yeah, But those guys, they understand patience. They understand they're a much happier society too overall, right? So if we look at ourselves, we we don't think about 18 months. We're not even thinking 18 seconds. Our attention span is three or four seconds now, right? So what does that tell us? As a society, we need to look internally and actually start doing things that are harder. So like going to the gym, you don't get dopamine hit again and again and again. You actually get a high... At the end with your endorphins, like you feel good when you're sweating. But over time, you can actually train yourself to find working out more enjoyable than sitting at home playing video games or being scrolling on your Instagram forever and ever and ever. But in the beginning, it is hard. And that's why Brian, the easiest solution is accountability. That's why like people hire me, right? Best why people get coaching is because when you have a coach on your side, the accountability factor, it drags you out of your house, takes you to the gym, you do that seven times, 10 times, 15 times, and then it becomes a habit where you enjoy the hard shit, which is working out over the easy stuff, which is just scrolling on your Instagram, laying on your couch and eating you know, popcorn.
0: Well, uh, Mo, here's the thing, and forgive me for jumping in there. You were talking about the pineapple fields in Costa Rica. You know why those guys are patient? Because they've done it so much. They know the process behind it. And they go, look, if, if I do anything that, that hacks the process, right. You know, let's, you know, let's, let's say that they're growing these pineapples and they're like, man, what if we could get that pineapple to grow in 16 months instead of 18 months, man, we can turn our fields over faster. Right. But they don't do that because they understand that short circuiting that process is not going to give them the results they want. They just know that process so well. And Mo, I think you just hit on something incredibly good. You can't short circuit the process to get the results you want. Let me, let me go here for just a minute. As we wrap up this part of our conversation, we'll transition to part two. Why do you think people want to short circuit that process? Is it that they can't see, the long-term success? Or is it just, to your point, we want things to come faster and faster and faster?
1: I think it's more so the first one. I've never had a client with whom I could paint a very clear picture for and tell them like, hey, this is how long it will take. And if they, if I could communicate it properly, they've never been like, no, I want it faster. That has that, that's probably happened like maybe 3% of the time, but 97% of people are okay it taking longer, as long as the certainty for results is really high, right? So I think when it comes to health and fitness, there is such a big industry and there's so many people that make fake false promises, but they're like, hey, Brian, you know, we can help you lose 50 pounds in three months, right? And it's like, okay, now that's in your head. So then you come and work with me and I'm like, well, Brian, in three months, we'll lose 15 pounds. You'll be disappointed. And you'll be more inclined to go with the other person because they promised you a bigger amount of fat loss. So it's not, I think it just, we want faster results. Yes. But at the same time, no one takes the time to explain it to us. Right? So I can be like, Brian, I know the other guy told you, you will lose 50 pounds in three months, but he did he tell you that you'll gain 60 pounds back three months after that? Because that's literally what's going to happen. Cause those fat cells, are still gonna be there and they just get really smaller because you'll literally crash diet and diet yourself to death and then when your wife offers you a pizza or your son's graduation party and you grab a you know cupcake those fat cells will boom get bigger again and so what was the point whereas for us we'll go slower we'll slowly decrease your food intake we'll get you movements you'll get healthier you'll have better medical labs too So when your health data will look better you'll feel better and at the end of those 3 months you'll lose 15 pounds that you'll never gain back. You can have the pizza, you can have the cupcake if you want, right? But we'll go slow to go fast. So it's like if someone explains it to you the nice way, the correct way, almost always I think people are are okay with it taking longer as long as they are certain that I can get them there or someone can get them there.
0: Mo tell everybody how they can find you, how they can, how they can get connected with you. Tell it, you know, if if, if they want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Yeah, hundred percent. So we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram and we're on uh,
1: Facebook. So it's all literally Mo guys, M O E G H I A S. We post, uh, I post daily videos um, on both our Instagram and our TikTok. So get exposed to those, like literally knowledge like this, I drop every single morning. Um, So go and connect with me and shoot me a message that, hey, you were listening to Brian's podcast and I'll, I'll love to send you a free gift. That's awesome.
0: That is, that is so cool. Mo Gaius, this has been fun. We got another episode coming for you. Make sure you listen to part two of this podcast, because again, Mo's going to drop some things you're going to want to hear. And Mo, I appreciate you joining me today on the Intentional Encourage Podcast, brother. Thank you.